Are you a business owner or entrepreneur who's had great success in the business world? And now you want to launch a speaking career to share your message with the world. If that's you, then listen up. 25-year speaking industry veteran Brett Ridgway has released his latest special report, Three Key Things Entrepreneurs Must Master to Build a Profitable Speaking Business. To pick up your copy, go to brettridgeway.com forward slash freebie. Welcome to the Spotlight on Speaking Show with Brett Ridgway, where you'll learn the keys to building a profitable speaking business from speaking industry pros. Each week, we interview a great guest who will share his or her speaking journey, identify what their keys to success have been, and highlight some critical mistakes they've made along the way that you'll want to avoid. Be sure to visit our website at spotlightonspeaking.com. And while you're there, subscribe to us via your favorite network. Now, sit back, tune in, and get ready to meet this week's guest. And hello again, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Spotlight on Speaking Show with Brett Ridgway. And each week I will be talking with an industry expert, asking them to share what their speaking journey has been, share some tips about how they've had success, and then also open their soul a little bit and bear some of the mistakes that they made so that you hopefully don't make those same mistakes. Now, my guest today is Lisa Reed, and Lisa is the creator and founder of Get Getting, geez, I can't even talk, shame on me. <laughs> Get speaking gigs now. She coaches speakers how to get booked and attract clients through speaking. She has personally delivered over 600 speaking engagements, and you can learn more about her resources at getspeakinggigsnow.com, which we'll share again later in the show. And on this segment, she'll reveal the number one secret to getting booked and staying booked. She is author of the book, Get Speaking Engagements Now, Speaking Gigs, and I first met Lisa, gosh, probably two or three months ago at the International Speakers Conference, an online virtual event, and I, I was just really impressed with what she had to share there, and I, I liked her vibe, her energy, and all that, so that's why Lisa is with us today, because I know she has some pearls of wisdom to share with you all, but I mean, this goes back a little way. You've, you've had a lot more speaking engagements than I have, Lisa, so over 600 now. So how did you get into the speaking arena in the first place? What was the impetus to say, hey, I'm going to become a speaker? You know, I think it was something I always dreamed about, but didn't really know how that would work. Uh, certainly graduating from college with a bachelor's and master's in speech communication, I didn't think I am going to be a speech communicator. <laughs> it just wasn't a possibility in my mind at that time. But fast forward a few decades and I was given an opportunity to uh, have business development be my job for a personal development company. And how they did business development was really appealing to me, which is why I, I stepped into it. They said, we have this great presentation and you get to share with as many people as you know would be willing to listen how the mind works, how we make decisions, all about mindset and really creating a winning mindset and inviting them into a workshop. And I had already taken multiple years of and multiple workshops with this company. I really valued what they did. I still value what they do. And so I thought, well, that would be amazing. Not only do I get to go and speak, I get to invite someone into something that could be 
incredibly life-changing for them. So that first year I booked 83 speaking engagements and this is in my local area, Brett, like not, I was, you know, literally selling, come to this workshop in this local area. So I wasn't going more than 50 miles away necessarily. And I had started this group called the OC Speakers Network at the t- at the same time, similar time. This is back in 2013. And people just kept asking me, how did you get so many gigs? What are you doing? What did you do? And that really prompted, although it took a couple of years, that prompted uh, me starting Get Speaking Gigs Now. Well, you know, I always talk about how I was behind the room, behind the scenes guy. I ran the back of the room sales table at about 150 internet and information marketing conferences. And I was quite happy being the behind the scenes guy. <laughs> but eventually I decided I did need to get up on stage myself and share some of what I've learned along the way. So have you always felt like you're a natural speaker, an extroverted person, or did you have to overcome some certain things to be the one willing to put yourself out there? I think I always was comfortable with being a speaker. And it's not necessarily, when I think of it, I don't think of it as being a speaker. I think of it as being a teacher. I am definitely a content relator, content deliverer. And that is my favorite way in which to speak, giving people, giving audience members or students who are clients really an opportunity to provide for them to get a, like a lot of value out of what I'm saying. A lot of Oh, insights, ideas. Oh, this is going to help me. To me, that is not nerve wracking. Uh, It never really has been. As long as I know that I'm going to be able to deliver, of course, I'm going to come prepared. But I have certainly people who know me in my life would classify me as an extrovert. I think (laughs) over the years, I'm like, am I? I don't know. I am and I am not. I (laughs) I don't think it's as black and white as that. But I definitely enjoy being in that teacher seat and the exchange and the the ideas. I like that. Well, certainly it's one of those things where if you know your content inside and out, like you do, it certainly gets more easy over time, more comfortable up on stage. And you're just sharing what you have you know, to, with them. And, and it's a, it's a communication and exchange and not a, a talking down to them type thing. So, right. Yeah. I think, um, I don't know, with having my master's degree, I've been in a lot of classes and seen a lot of teachers. And I always think of the teachers who really, really cared and just loved teaching. It wasn't about the research or just being in charge of people. It's really just the love of learning, the love of teaching and creating an accepting environment that breeds creativity. I value that. And I, I think I bring that to my clients and to my audiences. I try to make it fun, break down concepts that might otherwise seem impossible or like, oh, I could never do that. I'm like, yes, you can. Here's how you can do it. Here's how you start. And we're going to dig into that um, today. So I like to say there are three primary types of speakers. One is the keynote speaker who's paid a fee to go into a corporation or an association and deliver a talk. The second is a platform seller who goes to an event on their own nickel and then hopes to sell something in the back of the room, whether it's a workshop, a mastermind, whatever it may be. And the third is the person who's choosing speaking as a marketing tool only. So they're delivering content only to build brand awareness. And they hope somebody will come to them eventually to take care, you know, take in part of whatever product or service they have to offer. Which arena do you feel like you best fit in, Lisa? And is that your favorite one or or not? (laughs) I think I'm in between two and three. I don't know if I'm, I, I know, I never thought about it divided that way. And I've done 
what I, have I done all three? Yeah. I don't usually do the keynote speaking uh, route. That's not my favorite. It, I feel like it's more speaking to and not having the exchange. That's not what rings my bell. Mm-hmm. I probably, if someone was going to put me in the lane, I'd be in the third lane, the content deliverer, because I've been in the second lane where there's this pressure to sell product and you've put a lot of money up front and you're, you know, and I've seen and been involved in where it's like so many platform speakers that by the, you know, if you're the fifth speaker, you better knock their socks off because everyone's already spent all their money. (laughs) So to me, I don't enjoy that at all. Um, I don't think it feels really good not to say it couldn't for some other people. That's just not my, I'm very in tune intuitively with how I feel and the energy that I have in any situation, you know, when it comes to speaking. And so for me, I love the feeling of being able to give without needing to receive, but of course I'm setting it up so that people who are ready to receive and who really desire uh, a connection with me or want to get my orbit or want to learn more uh, that, that I've provided a, a great way for them to reach out to me and, and have that invitation. So I don't want it mistaken. I I, I want to be super clear because I think sometimes speakers can fall into this. Oh, I'm just going to get my name out there. And I, to me, when someone says that, that's a red flag. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, what, what is your strategy behind getting your name out there? What does getting your name out there, quote unquote, mean? And how is that building your business? So, so that's why I said I'm kind of in between two and three. You know, I primarily have delivered content only sessions during my time where the event promoter would bring me in to break up all the pitches. So it wasn't pitch after pitch after pitch after pitch, but it definitely changes the dynamics of a presentation when you are trying to direct sell something at the end of a talk. And I'm not going to profess that it's a skill that I've mastered by any stretch of the imagination. You know, everything's a learning curve and, you know, you basically have to get comfortable making that seamless transition from your content to your clothes. And it takes time. I mean, it takes time. So it does. So across the 600 plus speaking engagements that you've done, Lisa, what would you attribute maybe your, your three biggest keys to success have been? Wow. I think (laughs) these are going to sound boring, Brett. So audience members just brace yourself. (laughs) Boring, boring is not bad. (laughs) I call it the unsexy side of speaking. I think a lot of times when people get into speaking, they're like, the lights, the people, da, da, da. and I'm like, well, yeah, that's all really good. And it's, it's yummy and awesome. And how I always say consistency is one of my top strengths. Like I just keep putting drops of water in that bucket. Right. And eventually you got a full bucket, but if you stop putting drops of water in the bucket, you will have an empty bucket. So to me, that means like follow-up and relationship building and, uh, really taking care of my referral partners and and meeting with them and just continuing to go forward, not getting too caught up in like, well, how many people are going to be at this event? And is it going to be worth it? And what were my results? Like, yes, that's also being looked at, but it's almost like playing your heart out in a game, but not looking at the scoreboard, but also kind of knowing where you are. And that's a little bit of a different approach. I think sometimes when people look too closely at the scoreboard and the results, it can be uh, defeating. As, like for a new speaker, they're like, oh, I, I went and I, no one bought my thing, whatever. Like, well, yeah, but 
there's only so much you have in your hands to control, but you got to show up with your stuff. And if you show up consistently and keep tweaking, obviously, then you will get the results, but not if you stop. Like, so to me, I think it's more that consistency is so valuable. That's number um, one. What's number that's two? That's number one. Number two is determination. And that's a little bit different. It's a little spicier than consistency. Determination, like be clear on what your goals are. What is it? And I'm clear on what my goals are. Why am I doing this? What's my mission? What's going to serve my mission? Who am I here to support? And as long as I'm clear on that guiding light, I'm in. Number three is relationships. I think people vastly undervalue the power of relationships and deep relationships. For me, it's not about getting to know every single person or thousands of people. It's like, no, who do I really want in that inner circle and who can, whose inner circle can I be in into where we can really support each other. And it's fun and it feels good and there's flow and you're with, you know, helping out people with integrity, I think to me is just a game changer. All right. So consistency, determination, and relationships are leases one, two, three, which are all great tips. I have some other questions I want to ask Lisa, but before we do, let's take a quick break for a word from our sponsor. Are you a business owner or entrepreneur who's had great success in the business world? And now you want to launch a speaking career to share your message with the world. If that's you, then listen up. 25-year speaking industry veteran Brett Ridgway has released his latest special report, Three Key Things Entrepreneurs Must Master to Build a Profitable Speaking Business. To pick up your copy, go to breadridgeway.com forward slash freebie. And we are back with the Spotlight on Speaking Show with my guest, Lisa Reed. And now, Lisa, I want to ask you to bear your soul a little bit and share maybe a couple mistakes you've made along the way that you would highly encourage aspiring speakers to avoid making. One of the things that I think is really important, especially if you're speaking live or inserting yourself into someone else's meeting agenda, is to not... A, when you're setting it up, you want to know how long do you have to speak, right? 20 minutes, 30 minutes, an hour, whatever. But another question that I think people forget to consider once the meeting's gotten started or things have gotten rolling is when should I end? Because they might've told you you have 30 minutes, 60 minutes, whatever. That can change. That can change depending on what happens prior to you taking the stage. So I think sometimes people think, well, they told me at 30 minutes, so I'm going to take my 30 minutes. I'm like, well, if they're running way behind, the best thing you can do is wrap your stuff up and get them back on track. And that's to me, sometimes where people, and I've made that, I made a bit, I don't even know if it was my mistake, but it was a humiliating <laughs> where I thought they wanted me to go to a certain time. And I even confirmed midway, like not when I was speaking, but like kind of, we had a break before I went on. I said, what time do you need me to end? And I could have sworn they said a certain time, but it was super clear. I'm on the stage and they are like, get off the stage. Like you're done. But I had no idea. In fact, I even made my presentation longer because I thought they wanted me to speak longer and they were just yanking me off the stage. And that I was like, oh my gosh, I felt so bad. And I never would wish that on anyone else. It's just the worst feeling. So they did actually ask me back. Surprisingly oh, enough, a couple of years later, I went and spoke to the same, but I definitely confirmed what time I needed to be finished with that one. All right. Got, got another one, Lisa? Oh my gosh. So many. 
many. <laughs> you know, um, I made a mistake once. My mistake was I thought I made a mistake. No. I know. <laughs> I think just, I'm starting to grab one, but um, I. Well, so rather, rather than grabbing more one, let's go out on a slight tangent here. Yeah. How have you adapted what you do to the virtual world versus being in live events? Great question. I think the biggest adaptation is how you use the chat and your slides. It was funny. My book came out January, 2020. And I was like, oh, cool. This is great. Well, then obviously the pandemic happened and I really had to take a step back and think, do I need to change everything in this book? Like what, you know, I wasn't, it was really coming from a speak from stage, a uh, real, you know, live stage, not the virtual stage. But as I reflected, I'm like, it's all the same. How I get booked and how I stay booked is the same techniques that I use virtual or in person. You just might need to bring more stuff with you when you're speaking in person. Mm -hmm. So with the virtual, you need to, I, I adapted of how I engaged people and looked at their screens and looked at their faces and used their name. And then how would you, how would I engage on the chat without seeming cheesy or routine like i i can tell when someone's like oh everybody put in where you're from and i'm like oh that's like webinar technique 101 boring i mean i'm not interested but i guess i know too much about like how things are done i'm like i don't like to feel inauthentic not yeah. that there's anything wrong with that i'm not saying you should never do that but i'm i'm just i'm just really more interested in a authentic connection so you have to be careful of like what questions you ask don't make them too complicated let people be able to answer easily, but authentically and set the stage for how this is going to go. Like a lot of times I'll say, okay, we're going to do our homework in class. So grab your pen, grab your notebook, because I want to make sure you have valuable time here while we're in session and actually get value out of your business instead of having to do a whole bunch of work later. Right. So let's just do, so that makes someone go, Oh, I want to, I mean, that's true. That's like really how I feel. Um, I like to get my homework done in class too. So I want to make sure that people are like, oh yeah, this is going to be good for me. So I want to stay listening. I want to stay involved. Now, just before we go onto the virtual world tangent, Lisa talked about how she had a, a timing issue at an event and all that. And I do think it's important to remember as a speaker, I mean, yes, your first obligation is to deliver outstanding content to that audience in my mind, but you mm -hmm. do also have an obligation to the event promoter to do anything you can help them out to have as smooth as event as possible. So if you can be that hero to step in and help them get back on schedule by adapting your presentation the same way, but still deliver the goods, then by all means, a promoter will view you as a hero and you're more likely to get invited back to their next event. So yeah, you have multiple obligations as a speaker and event promoter is definitely one of them that you need to keep in mind. So before we wrap this up, Lisa, any final words of wisdom that you want to share with people? And then also, please tell people how they can get involved in Lisa Reed's world and find out more about what you got going on. Yeah. My words of wisdom would be done is better than perfect. Like if you think that you have a talk in your, you've imagined that you should be a speaker, you thought I should be up there. Like that should be me. I have so much to share. I can help these people, whatever that is, then go for it. Like mm -hmm. you're not going to get a letter in the mail saying you're ready. You got to <laughs> just, do it and come up with a plan. And that's what I love helping people do. So if you're thinking, Ooh, I should 
maybe do this like before I die. <laughs> like I should do this before I give up on my dreams. Then then check us out. Um, you can go to getspeakinggigsnow.com. That's gigs with the S because I think, you know, you should have more than one. This is a long game here, not a short game. And you can get five top tips to get more speaking gigs right, right there on the site. And that way um, you can start to think, okay, how am I going to actually put this together? What do I actually need to do this? Like, where do I even get started? And so that's why I like to share with people. All right. Well, awesome. So this has been another episode of the Spotlight on Speaking Show with Brett Ridgway. If you haven't been to the Spotlight on Speaking website yet, by all means, hop on to spotlightonspeaking.com. Register there so you can be notified of upcoming episodes. As well as I invite you to hop on over to brettridgway.com and pick up your copy of my report, Three Key Things Entrepreneurs Must Master to Build a Profitable Speaking Business. But as always, I thank you so much, Lisa, for being with me today. And everybody out there, remember, I wish you the greatest success in building your own profitable speaking business. Take care. This has been the Spotlight on Speaking Show with Brett Ridgway. Be sure to join us every week as we interview speaking industry pros and have them share their best tips for building a profitable speaking business. Until next week, thank you for tuning in. And remember to visit our website at SpotlightOnSpeaking.com so you can enjoy even more great episodes like this one. While you're here, be sure to subscribe via your favorite network. We look forward to seeing you next time on the Spotlight on Speaking Show. Until then, our sincere best wishes to you for the greatest of success as you work to build your own profitable speaking business.